Good evening, everybody. Thank you for your warm invitation. It's really exciting to be here. Every time I come here, I all of my childhood memories of growing up in this church flash flashback and it's really exciting even going to the bathroom you know <laughs> memories of us messing around in there and auntie lynn calling us to come out and um, so every corner of this church has some memories for me amen ankam shat hajeli ints hamar ais tergale vorov hetev ais yekeretsum em mezatselu bolor mankutsyan hishogutsyunneres norits het en galis ints the title of today's message is remember ais orvain patgami vernagilne hisheng i'm going to begin by sharing a story of a city man and a farmer. And this city man visits um, this farmer's farm. And he sees the farmer whistle um, for his dog and this dog comes and herds all his cattle and he even manages to close the gate behind him. And the city man says, that is amazing. I've never seen a dog do that before. What's his name? And the farmer man thinks for a moment and he says, What's the name of that flower? It's red and it's got thorns. And the city man says a rose. And he says, oh yes. So he turns to his wife and he says, Rose, what was the name of that dog? Okay, so... We're all prone to forgetting something at some point. Sometimes it can be small things like some keys and sometimes it can be very big things like a special birthday. I always tell Hovan, for God loved Hovan so much that he gave him a wife who was born on New Year's Eve so that he would never forget his wife's birthday. <laughs> yes, it's very dangerous to forget a wife's birthday. Um, so today I want to talk a bit about remembering... Okay. I'm speaking from Luke chapter 17, verse 20 to 34. Okay, so I'll just read it for you quickly. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And he said to the disciples, the days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look there or look here, do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation." 
Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let one of you who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the fields not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. And they said to him, where, Lord? He said to them, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Երբ փարիսեցիները իրեն հարցուցին Աստծո թակավորության երբ պիտի գա պատասխան տվավանոց եւ սավ Աստծո թակավորությունը դրսեն Երևացող բաներով չի գար Օր մնալ պետք չսես թե ահա հոս է կամ ահա հոն Վասնզի Աստծո թակավորությունը ձեր ներսի դին է Աշակերտներուն ալսավ օրեր պիտի գան երբ դուք որդի մարդու օրերն մեկը տեսնելու պիտի փափագեք եւ պիտի չտեսնեք Եվ եթե սեն ձեզի ահա հոս է կամ ահա հոն է մի երթակ եւ անոնց մի հետևիկ վազնզի ինչը փայլակը երկինքին տակ մեկ դրին փայլատակելով մինչև երկինքին տակ մյուս դուս լույս գուկա նույնպես պիտի լավոր մարդը իր գալուն որդին մարդու իր գալուն օրը միայն թե պետք է որ ինքն առաջ չարչարանքներ կրե եւ մեր ժվի այս ազգեն ինչպես նույն օրերը եղավ այնպես էլ պիտի լավ որդին մարդու օրնալ կուտեին կխմեին կինարնեին կրկանտվեին մինչև այն օրը որ նոյան տապանը մտավ ջրհեղեղը եւավ եւ ամենքը կորսցուց What are we going to be talking about today? Հիմա վստահ մտածում եք այս առակի մասին թե ինչն էր սրա իմ աստը, որովհետև դառներ, մռայլեր, Sodom Gomorrah-ներ, նոյան տապաններ։ So here Jesus is having a discussion about the end times. It's an eschatological discourse. Այստեղ Հիսուսը խոսում է աշխարհի վերջի օրերի մասին։ Okay. We've seen a lot of things happen on this earth over the past few years. We've gone through a global pandemic. Մենք այս վերջի տարիներ շատ բաների ականատես եղանք, որ կյանքում կատարվեց pandemic-ը. We've had various wars across the world. We've had Armenia, we've had Ukraine. We have all the persecution currently going on in Iran. Տարբեր պատերազմներ տեսանք Հայաստանը, Ուկրաինան, տարբեր հալածանքներ Պարսկաստանում. A bit like how intense this passage is talking about Sodom and Gomorrah and um, what happened with Noah. Ինչպես որ այս համարի մեջ էր, ամեն ինչ ինտենսիվ էր So we can pull out charts and try to plot and analyze the end days and when they will be but Jesus says that nobody knows. 
Nobody knows, so live like it will happen tomorrow. Live and prepare like it's not going to happen for generations. And he says you can do both of these simultaneously. So do you remember there was a season in the pandemic that felt a little bit like the ten plagues of Egypt? And I'm not here to talk about the end times. I want to talk about being in the middle of this discourse. In the middle of talking about Sodom and Gomorrah and Noah and Jesus returning, it sounds so much like 2022, 2023. And what's going on? Everyone's gone crazy. And then Jesus drops three words in the middle of this discourse. So three apparently random words in the middle are right there in Luke 17.32. Remember Lot's wife. Okay. So this is the second shortest verse in the Bible. But what a random thing to throw in the midst of a discourse about the end times. And he says, remember Lot's wife. We have many, many important women in the Bible. There are 170 of them, but he only asks us to remember one. You know, if I was Eve, I'd be a bit annoyed by that. I'd probably think I came first. I came from a rib. I came from a rib. Yes, I've been blamed. I've been blamed for humanity's problems. Surely I should be remembered. Yes, Or how about Mary, Jesus's mother? I gave birth to you. Surely I should be the one you say to remember. Miriam. First female worship leader in the Bible. Really important. Yeah, the Red Sea parts and, you know, they're at imminent risk of death. What does she do? She grabs a tambourine, ready to celebrate on the other side. Really important female in the Bible. But Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. A woman whose name we don't even know. And in 2023, it's quite politically incorrect to refer to somebody as Lot's wife. 
We know that in Genesis 13, when Abraham and Lot separated, Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, while uh, Lot settled among the cities of the valley. Uh, and moved his tent as far as Sodom. And the men of Sodom were great sinners against the Lord, so we know that Lot set up camp right on the edge. And because of the iniquity of the people, the Lord decided by Genesis chapter 18 that he was done with Sodom and Gomorrah. I think it's important that we remember that when we think about Sodom and Gomorrah, we instantly start thinking about the uh, sexual sins that they they had. And that's why God destroyed it all. But there's an aspect of the sin of Sodom that most of us in the church have forgotten. But it was very important to God. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49, it says, This was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. It's important just to remember, sorry, I'll let you read the verse. we see as worse or we choose the one that we know we're not doing and we tend to focus on that one as the bad sin but actually Sodom was prideful okay so the bible goes on to say so i removed them when i saw this Okay, so in Genesis chapter 19, we see that the Lord sends angels to come and rescue Lot, his wife, and their two daughters. The angels see that Lot's really lingering and he doesn't fully understand what's coming. And so an angel literally takes him by the hand and leads him out. And this is the only instruction that the Lord gives in verse 17. Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. Okay, so 
And this is what we see of Lot's wife, the only woman in 170 that we've been asked to remember. What does she do? Come on, Jesus, surely you would have left us a better example. She looks back. And she becomes a pillar of salt. Verse 26. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. She'd been given a way out. She was escaping. She was on the verge of salvation. But she looked back. Why? Well, there's three reasons that we're going to look at together. So the first, she was torn between where God was taking her and what she was leaving behind. She was prioritizing her past over her future. She lost sight of the promise, the provision, and the purpose. The promise, the provision, and the purpose of God that was ahead. So she got stuck in a place that she was only supposed to be passing through. She was pulled back by what she was leaving more than she was pressing on to where God was taking her. And right now, the church of Jesus Christ on earth in many places is stuck. The purpose, the provision and the promise of God is ahead. But instead of fixing our eyes on Jesus to move into those, we're stuck looking back. You and I are called to be salt and light of the earth. Not this kind of salt, dried into a pillar. Completely stuck in one place. Useless. Because we're torn between our past and our future. We're called to be the salt that's scattered across the earth. That leaves a little of itself wherever it goes. But it requires us to leave the past behind. 
Point two, she was leaving her comfort zone. How many of us became a bit too comfortable during the pandemic? I did. <laughs> we became so used to living in our pajamas. That putting other clothes on took some getting used to. We settled into a new comfort zone that some of us might still be stuck in. We struggle to interact with each other. Everything requires an extra effort. In some ways, maybe we missed the lockdown. Apart from homeschooling. <laughs> so Lot's wife was in her comfort zone. She had friends, she had family around her. She was used to that way of living. Her home was there, her belongings were there. Imagine just one day an angel of the Lord appears and we need to leave. And that's literally what happened to most of us. Overnight with the pandemic. Shut down overnight. I don't want to minimize the pain that the past few years has caused for some of us. The trauma or the loss but I can still hear us saying if we could just go back if we went back to 2019 back to normal how it was before this is 2023 and Jesus is the Jesus of 2023 and 2024 and 2025 and the promises of God are for our future. And in Christ, his promises are yes and amen. And the same Jesus that got us this far is going to get us through the rest of it. But we've got to stop looking back. There's not one part of society that hasn't been impacted over the past few years. People are stuck in discouragement, unforgiveness, bitterness. Fixated on who betrayed us, who hurt us. 
But if you and I are going to do what God put us on this earth to do, we have to leave our comfort zone and press into the promise and purpose of God. Amen. The next point I'd like to refer to is that she was afraid of the unknown. When we're passing through challenges, we often don't know what's at the other end or, you know, when it will come. And fear of the unknown can often keep us stuck in a place that we're only supposed to be passing through. Lot's wife was physically moving towards freedom. To the future. To the unknown. But her fear of this caused her to look back. The unknown is a challenging place for some of us. And we try to take control of things ourselves sometimes. Through our own efforts. And that's the same as Lot's wife looking back. Getting stuck. I'm a planner. I like to plan ahead. I like everything scheduled. I like to know what's going to happen in five years. But it can't always happen. And if I keep fixating on what I don't know, I'm going to get stuck. And God reminds me that he's in control. And as I was trying to prepare for this message and I kept thinking, what can, what can I say, what can I say? God kept telling me, remember, remember. And I kept thinking, remember what? And <laughs> Maybe we were in 2023, but everything about us is still back in pre-pandemic the angel of the Lord said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. His presence was and is with us. Did we let go or did we loosen our grip on the hand of Jesus? 
so that we could keep facing back and fixating on what's behind us. Jesus must be saying, well, I didn't go anywhere. I've been here yesterday, today, and I'm here tomorrow. I'm the same. Yes, Well, thank God for that because nothing else is the same. Churches have had a huge decline in numbers following the pandemic. Believers are saying, I didn't sign up for this. And I'm really tempted to say, well, what did you sign up for? Because the last I checked, I didn't die for Jesus, he died for me. I decided to take up my cross and follow him. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, as the song goes. And I was reminded recently that when I gave my life to Jesus, I was laying down my life. So if the last few years has caused us to waver massively, then I don't know where we've been. Because yes, we've had a bit of tribulation, but it's not the great tribulation. What are we going to do when the great tribulation comes? If that's all it took for us to lose hope. In Luke 24, on the road to Emmaus, we remember when... Sorry. We remember when two disciples are going back to Emmaus after Jesus' death and they didn't know that he'd risen. And they were so disappointed and discouraged that even though Jesus was physically walking with them, God incarnate was walking with them. They were so obsessed with their own sadness and so overwhelmed by disappointment that they didn't even recognize the God of universe walking with them. They said, we hoped he was the one, the Messiah. Well, many of us had hoped a business would succeed. We hoped somebody wouldn't have passed away. We hoped that a marriage was going to make it. And because those hopes didn't come to pass, maybe we're sitting here in 2023 just so disappointed. 
And if we're honest, we might even say we're disappointed with God a bit. That he didn't intervene. Have we misplaced our hope? Which direction does hope face? The future, forward. Are we still looking back or is our face forward? At Jesus Christ, who's our anchor. I don't know much about boats. But I do know that when you drop your anchor in the sea, you then need to tie the rope to something called a cleat. If you only drop the anchor but you don't tie the rope, the boat will drift. It could drift into a mountain, it could drift into another boat, it will just drift. Many of us have anchored ourselves in Christ. But maybe we've forgotten to tie the rope. Or maybe the past few years have loosened the knot. And we're drifting a little bit. All you need to do on a boat to drift is nothing. 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 So don't tie it, just drop your anchor, do nothing, and your boat will drift. Sometimes it doesn't take a huge sin for us to drift. Just doing nothing. Not praying, not reading my Bible. Not being the salt and light on earth. And suddenly I find myself stuck in 2023. Running on a treadmill that goes nowhere. We need to check our rope. Okay, thank you, Hova. Next slide, final slide. Genesis chapter 19. Remember Lot's wife, stuck. She lost sight of hope. She stopped moving forward a bit like this generation, and that worries me slightly. The narrative of this generation, sorry, Narajan. The narrative of this generation is to stay stuck. But everything about the kingdom of God is about moving forward. Everything about the kingdom of God is about moving forward. 
So let's remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. Don't even look back at your great success days. Thank God for them, but are some of us still looking back at those great days we had 20 plus years ago? Maybe we've been stuck ever since and we don't want to become that as a church. We want to be talking about what God is doing, not what he used to do. The church's greatest days are ahead. We've got to press on and we've got to move forward. And the only way we're going to do that as followers of Jesus Christ we've got to remember who our source of hope is. For, for when trials come because they will. We have access to a limitless hope in a world that's hopeless. There are more people to reach, to save, more people to be delivered. You know that your source of hope, you know what your source of hope is, when all your circumstances don't align but you don't crumble and you don't drift because Jesus is the hope that you have. I might be small but my God is big. I might be limited, but my God is limitless. I might be finite, but my God is infinite. And he's able to do abundantly beyond what we could ever ask. Remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. Press on forward in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Pegajan.